Good morning. Well, we're back in the Proverbs today, thinking about wisdom. But I want to ask a question to begin with. How safe is your house? Uh, I mean, the house where you live at the moment, you could think about it literally. Uh, have you got a lock on the door? Is it built out of bricks or is it kind of made of wood and uh, plaster? Is it something that you'd be happy to, um, to say is pretty secure? It's pretty tight, it's pretty safe. It's a place where people can get shelter. It's a place where I feel secure and at home. How secure is your house? Now, if you think of it kind of metaphorically, like how secure is your life? What is it that makes you feel safe about your life? In your house, it might be the lock on the door, the new windows that you put in, the solidly built front gate or something like that. It might be your insurance policy that makes you feel safe, that even if you lost everything, you'd get it back again. But what about your life? Is there something that makes you feel like your life is secure, is safe? Well, today in looking through the Proverbs, we're, um, we're thinking about wisdom and where it came from. That was kind of last week. Now we're thinking about one of the spheres of life where we can learn wisdom. And today is going to be all about wealth. Wealth, I wonder if our riches and our, um, our money, our insurance policies and our, our pensions, all those kind of things, are one of the things that we would look to, maybe one of the main things we'd look to for security, one of the things that make us feel safe. Let me read to you a bit from the Proverbs, a couple of different verses and uh, something from the New Testament as well. Actually, maybe we'll leave that for later. Let's read some things from the Proverbs and see if you can spot any wisdom here for how we think about and treat wealth, how it makes us feel safe and, um, and the limits of that. Okay, let's read. We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 3, if you've got a Bible there. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 1 and then we'll read a little bit from chapter 10 as well. My son, do not forget my teaching but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them round your neck. Bring, uh, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you'll win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Don't resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. And if you turn over a few pages to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 15, just one verse. What do you think of this? Proverbs chapter 10 verse 15 says, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but poverty is the ruin of the poor. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. It's the place that they feel safe. But poverty is the ruin of the poor. So wisdom. What's wisdom all about? Well, last week we were saying it's more than just knowledge, knowing about stuff. It's more than just kind of um, a being a good person, like morality. But it's something different to that. It's something that helps you make choices in life. If you think of life as a whole series of crossroads, of, um, of forks in the road, wisdom is what helps you know what to choose what helps you to know how to go through your life. It's not just being smart, it's not just being good, but it's something where, um, where you're able to know how to live life really practically. 
So that famous funny line. Wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad when knowledge knows that it's a fruit, right? Knowledge is knowing tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. You've got a choice. Knowledge is good. Wisdom is even better um, than that. So where do we get wisdom from? Well, we looked at that last week. Wisdom comes from knowing God, particularly from, this is a bit of a surprise, from fearing God. Now there's two kinds of fear. Do you remember we talked about this? One kind of fear makes you run away from something. Another kind of fear makes you love it all the more and want more of it in your life. It might be like the kind of fear you would feel when you meet your hero, the celebrity or that figure from history who you just always wanted to meet and you meet them and you feel nervous, your heart beats a little bit faster, you almost wanna fall down and kneel before them. Um, and you don't want to do anything to dishonor them. You want to show them how thankful for you, are, you are for what they've done in your life. Maybe it's a famous writer, uh, a famous um, film um, director or someone like that. Somebody who's been really um, helpful to you. Uh, a wise person that you know. Maybe it's a figure from history or your grandmother or someone like that. You've always wanted to meet and have one more conversation. And it would be a scary thing to do that, wouldn't it? That's the point. It's a kind of fear, but it's a fear that doesn't make you want to run away. It's a fear that... Um, that makes you want to bow in their presence and not do anything to disappoint them. It's a fear that makes you want to, to show them how much you love them and appreciate them. And that's the fear of God, the right fear of God. Sometimes people fear God and it makes them want to run away from him. It makes them want to turn their backs on him. But the fear of God, that's the beginning of wisdom, that's chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, is the kind of fear that's born out of love. That's born out of knowing how much he's given to you in his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's, he, he's willing to die for us. That's how much he loves us, how much he's done for us in making this world and in remaking this world in Jesus. And because we love him so much, because he's everything to us, we wanna learn how to live in his world. It kind of, love for him dislodges all these other loves that, that lead, you off, um, blind, lead you up blind alleys and lead you off cliffs. The love of God is what, is what orientates you in this world. It's what helps you cut with the grain of the world. So that was last week. Um, But how does it help us when it comes to wealth? How does loving God help us when it comes to wealth? Well, there's a couple of things I want us to see today. Um, First, that wealth actually is good. Wealth is a good thing. Second, that we shouldn't put our trust in wealth. So wealth is good. Number two, wealth is in everything. And number three, well, how how do you learn that? How, when we live in a world that really does prize wealth, that looks to wealth as the, the key to life, whether you're poor or whether you're rich, a lot of us are focused on money, on possessions, on having stuff. How do you live a life where you realize that wealth is good, but where it isn't everything for you? We'll look at that later on. So, okay, wealth is good. You saw that, I hope, in the reading from Proverbs 3. Look at those verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. So wealth is something good. Wealth is something that God blesses us with. Wealth is something that if you work hard, you'll probably get. Chapter 10, verse four, um, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. So if you work hard, if you gain wisdom, and wisdom usually leads to hard work, to good planning, to taking good advice, to self-control, to all those kind of things, if you end up with that kind of wisdom, probably lead you to be somebody who, who has a bit of wealth, who gains a footing in this world when it comes to um, possessions and having stuff. And that's not a bad thing. God is the richest person in the world. He's the one who made this beautiful world full of beauty and goodness. 
and, um, and generosity. So wealth and having stuff isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's something that's really good. But the love of wealth, the love of money that says in, um, in the New Testament, it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Not money itself, it's the love of money. So money can be really good. You can use it for being generous to others. You can use it to make yourself secure and safe. You can use it to pay for um, health care. You can use it to pay for other things. For other, it's, It can be a really good thing. But it can also be a dangerous thing, can't it? Loving it too much, finding it more precious than anything else, can lead you to really, really struggle. So number one, wealth is good. It's a blessing from God. But it is a blessing you should give back to God, isn't it? Which means it can't be the highest thing. It can't be the thing that's first and foremost in your life. Number one, wealth is good. But number two, don't trust it. You should prize it, but not trust it, because it isn't everything. Wealth is good. Number two, wealth is not everything. So nine to ten, what do we do with our wealth? We honour the Lord with it. So you're taking it and giving it to him with the first fruits of all of your crops. That was a habit that they had in the Old Testament, the command of God to them, that the first things that came from your fields, the first thing that came from your flocks, the first thing that you made, you would go and give it to God as an offering. So there's something higher than getting your wealth. And you learn that by giving it away. We'll get to that more in a minute. We shouldn't trust in our wealth because, because it's a gift from God. It's not God himself. I wonder if you heard that. Kind of a bit of a warning in Proverbs 10, verse 15, which we read. What do wealthy people do with it? Well, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but poverty is the ruin of the poor. So wealth is good, um, but you shouldn't trust in it to make you safe above everything. Wealth is good, but it isn't everything. Don't trust in it. So what do rich people often do? Well, they often buy security. They buy a bigger house with safer windows, with a smarter alarm system, with a gate that you can shut, with a little bit of land, with some CCTV, CCTV cameras. And people did that back in the day. If you were wealthy, that meant you could have a house or a place inside the fortified cities, away from bandits and people who could come and just take your stuff if you lived outside the walls. So often the poor people lived outside and the rich people lived inside. But it doesn't just say that wealth is what gets you a place in the fortified city. It says that for these rich people, chapter 10, verse 15, their wealth is their fortified city. They're trusting in their wealth. It's that money makes the world go round. Money makes you safe. Money makes you able to buy healthcare buy a good pension and security and hope for the future, buy insurance so that if everything goes wrong, you can get it all back again, to buy the safe house, to buy the safe place, to buy whatever it is that makes you feel secure. Can you see how much of a danger that is? That wealth is good, it can really help. It's not bad to buy stuff that makes your house safe, but it, it won't keep you safe forever. Ill health will come and, and you however much you pay the doctors, however good your health plan is, however healthy your pension is, however thick your windows and however big your gates, however good your guards, that this world is a dark, dark place which is so full of suffering that it gets everyone in the end, that death will come and one day knock on the door of our strongest and most secure castles. Wealth can never save you. It's a really good gift from God, but it isn't the thing you should trust in. So, 
What should we trust in instead? If wealth is good, because it comes from God, but it's not everything, so we shouldn't trust it. Well, what should we trust instead? And the answer is pretty obvious, isn't it? You're here on online church, um, listening along to somebody talk about God. Where's your final security gonna be? Well, it's going to be in God himself, isn't it? It's gonna be in the one who's more precious than gold or silver, who's more precious than wisdom, who's, who's more secure than any kind of wealth, who's more secure than any fortified city, who is the one who cares for us. Do you remember, if you were here last week, this guy called Agur, I think he was a king, came up with some wisdom of his own. Do you remember, he was a guy, if you were here last week, who was really frustrated with himself because he just couldn't learn or get wisdom. So the sayings of Agur, he says, I'm weary, O oh God, I can't prevail. Surely I'm a brute, I'm an animal, not a man. I don't have wisdom, I don't have understanding. But what's the solution? Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So money is good, it's a gift from God, but it's not everything, so it can't really make me safe. So how do I get safe? How can I know that I'll be safe in sickness? How can I know that I'll be safe beyond death? How do I know that, that I'll have a castle built around me, that there'll be arms around me to carry me through the darkest of situations? How do I know? Well, because you can know God, that he is the one who is your refuge, and your helper. So how do you do that? How do you get to the place of wisdom where you're not trusting so much in money and in possessions or in pensions or in all those kind of things, but you're trusting in God instead? Well, how do you do that? If your heart loves money, if you realise that really that is where your security is, how do you get out of that habit? How can you learn wisdom if you realise you're a fool when it comes to money? Well, there's a couple of ways you can do that. I reckon there's three. First is honesty. Second is generosity, and the third is seeing the one who's been generous to you. So the first one is honesty. Let's have a look at some more Proverbs. Proverbs 11, verse 1. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favour with him. Or Proverbs 20, verse 10. Let's flick on to that. Proverbs 20, verse 10. Differing weights and differing measures, the Lord detests them both. So honesty is something that's gonna get you on hot water. Dishonesty, sorry, is something that's gonna get you on hot water. Honesty is something that the Lord loves. That as you're honest in your dealings, as you're not trying to grab and get more and more money, you begin to care about money a bit less. As you, as you let other people have what belongs to them, as you're honest in your dealings, as you're wise and self-controlled and you plan well and you work hard and you work honestly, that's gonna shape you to be somebody who cares more about what God thinks, cares more about him making you secure than you are caring about whether money can make you secure. Does that make sense? Honesty helps you to learn the habits of trusting in God rather than trusting in grabbing just a little bit more, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. So be honest. Give people what they deserve. Don't try and grasp and get more. So first, honesty. And second, generosity. So it's not just about not grasping what isn't yours, but it's about giving away what God has given to you. Let's read some, uh, some Proverbs about generosity. Proverbs 22, verse nine. Proverbs 22, verse nine says, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Or right back in Proverbs 3, where we began. Honour the Lord with your wealth, 
Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will bring over with new wine. So give to others and give to God. Be generous as God has been really generous to you. That'll teach you not to love money as you give it away, as you use money as the currency not to get stuff for yourself, not to get yourself security, not to buy yourself status or whatever it is you, you get from money. You're using it not as currency to get stuff, but as a way to show love, as currency to give love to others. So you're helping them repair and build their houses and their lives. You're helping them be more secure. You're giving to others so that they can have what they don't have. You're working on showing lives, uh, showing love in the lives of others, in investing in other people, not just in yourself. That teaches you, shapes your heart to love other people. So honesty, we're not grabbing for ourselves. Generosity, we're giving away. Um, the last thing is to remember Jesus. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? We should see that in these Proverbs, that he's the one who's rich above all. He's the one who's so secure in his father's love, so secure in that he owns the world. But what does he do with that? He doesn't grab more for himself. He doesn't hold on to things, but he gives it away, steps down from heaven, pours out all of his wealth to people like us, people like us who are his enemies, people like us who are poor, people like us who have no future because we've turned our backs on our God. And what has he done for us? Well, he hasn't grasped. He hasn't stolen. He hasn't kept us out of the inheritance. He's given and given and given again. That's what our God is like, a generous God, generous to us in creation, generous in giving you your life, and so generous beyond our wildest imaginations that he would give us his only son. What has God done with his wealth? What has God done with all that he has? He's poured it out for your good, for my good. So we read 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2, this is right the other end of the Bible in the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. Do you know that you're precious to God? You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone, this Jesus, is precious. What is it that's most precious to you in your life? Is it your wealth? Is it your security? Is it the stuff that you have? Is it your pension? What is it that makes you feel safe? What is it that you value most of all? Is it your money? Is it your stuff? Is it your house and your place in this life? Or is it the Lord Jesus above all? The only thing that'll make us wise with money is when we don't love money most of all, but we love God. When we don't fear losing money, but we fear losing him. And when we see that in Christ we have him above all, that'll make you generous. That'll make you not worry. That'll make you somebody who's able to be honest. It'll make you somebody who's able to give when you see that you have him and he's most precious to you above all. So do you see where you should be building your life? Not with money, not with stuff in this world. That's never going to keep you safe, not through death and out the other side. So what we should be building on, building with, is with his love, with his wealth in Christ. Building in this world for the next world 
as part of the church, as part of his people. We should be the ones who are letting him build us into his kingdom because we find him most precious of all. Do you see that? Wealth is a good gift from God. It really is. But it's not everything. How do you learn it's not everything? Well, by being honest, not grasping, by being generous and giving, but most of all, by looking to Jesus and asking God to help you see that he's most precious of all. And then as you treasure him, you'll realise you're more safe and secure than you ever imagined. And you'll be able to give and give as he has given to you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this book of wisdom. And we thank you for Jesus, who is most wise above all. Lord, we thank you so much that, um, that you love us, that you've been generous with all your riches. And Lord, that you, you not only show us the way to be generous, but Lord, you rescue us from our own selfishness. Lord, you rescue us from our own greed. You rescue us from our own foolishness and you take us out from, from the unsecure, from the dangerous place of trusting in our own strength, trusting in our own wealth. And Lord, you move us to way more secure ground in you. Lord, help us to see that, we pray. Would you open our eyes to see our own foolishness, to admit it. Lord, to come to you for the wisdom that there lies in your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to see how much we have in him. Would you be precious to us above all things? And as we find you precious, Lord, help us to be honest. Help us to be generous and help us to trust you and, and feel and know that we're safe in you, even through death. Lord, we pray that you would be our wealth and that you teach us wisdom with the wealth that you've given us in this life. For your glory and for the good of others, we pray. Amen.